Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hey friends, time for another episode of Behind the Headlines. On this episode, we head to Grand Rapids to talk about running a newsroom virtually with Eric Gardner, who is the news lead in Grand Rapids, our largest hub in the state of Michigan. Fascinating conversation about how you run something that's a tight-knit group of people when you've got to do it virtually. And for this episode, you've got two Eric's. And as always, our co-host for this episode, Vice President of Content for MLive, the incomparable John Heiner. John? The inimitable Eric Hultgren. <laughs> I am well this morning. Thank you. Another episode of Behind the Headlines. And, uh, you know, this is, I must have to say, stop the presses on this. So we got some breaking news today. Um, or stop the pods, because we have some breaking news here. Uh, relatively breaking, but... About four o'clock yesterday afternoon, Michigan Governor uh, Gretchen Whitmer announced that the state had hit a 55% threshold for vaccinations. I think there may have been a little ledger domain on the number counting because uh, <laughs> they said they counted like DAV hospitals and all this stuff. But anyways, um, we're over 55%, which triggers, uh, you know, she set some milestones for Michigan being able to get back to, and I hate to use the word normal, but um, sorry, glimpse of normal here. And at 55%, uh, business offices would be allowed to reopen after a two-week waiting period. Uh, obviously, there's more to come. If we hit 60%, uh, you know, sporting events can, can raise attendance and bars and restaurants can get large, back to largely to normal. So, that, you know, and internally, uh, inside our company, we've been talking um, in anticipation of this happening, you know, what it's going to look like when we go back. And and Eric, uh, in the um, uh, when we were sitting pre-show in the green room, uh, you mentioned a stat. Um, not that you don't have any, um, you know, it's a ballpark figure. But how long has it been since you've been in the office? Uh, Fourteen months, nine days, and three hours. But who's counting? <laughs> have you snuck in for supplies or to water the plants or anything? No, I. Uh... I, I believe I went in at one point in May to grab um, some gear that we needed for some shoots. But other than that, I have not been in and done anything in there. Yeah. Well, you know, anybody born after, you know, March 13th, uh, 2020, uh, <laughs> would think that you live in your man cave uh, and work from your man cave, uh, which is really spectacular, by the way, for those who can't see it on the podcast. Um, but yeah. Uh, we're this idea of, of getting back to normal. Um, it's been, you know, we've been thinking about this since last year, late last year, but it's, you know, it's taken a, a very long time and you know, there's business practicalities of getting people back into offices, but in our line of work, um, the newsroom is a special place and a special dynamic. Uh, and it's not just traditional or historic. It's like functionally, to be in a newsroom means something. So today, as our guest, we'd like the news leader to uh, be joined by the news leader from our largest newsroom, the Grand Rapids Press uh, Grand, and MLive's office in Grand Rapids, Eric Gertner, who's the news leader uh, for Grand Rapids. Good morning, Eric, and welcome to Behind the Headlines. Yeah, good morning, thanks for having me. So, you know, I wanna get into 
the practical parts of trying to run a news operation from your living room table. Um, and we, <laughs> we could get to that. But first of all, Eric, the person, what has it been like for you? And what's your last memory of being in a newsroom? When, what do you remember about, about the end of, of the normal era of, of, of working in a newsroom? Uh, boy, the, the, I guess the, uh, the initial thought, I, I remember thinking back going, well, we're just not going to be here for a couple weeks and then we'll be back and we'll be back operating how we are. So do we really have to change that much? I mean, we can do two weeks. No, no problem. And then we would be back all together and we would go back to the way we've been doing news forever. Um, but that obviously didn't happen. So that's when we had to quickly <laughs> on the fly, learn how to continue doing journalism and, and how to operate as a news team. And we, fortunately, because of you know technology and the internet age and everything, we've been doing some things technologically that allowed us to work remotely. Someone could file a story from the field and communications were a lot easier. But just for the average listener, I mean, how much, were we, did we have to adapt quickly when COVID hit? Yeah, I, I mean, it was pretty, uh, I guess, jarring uh, for most of us. The, one of the things I found out right away is it just takes longer to do everything. Every, every part of, of uh, running a newsroom, it just takes, every part takes longer because of the communication method. Yes, it's great that we have technology to be able to do this, but boy, is it so much faster and easier to when you're sitting in a newsroom and the reporters and photographers are, are all around in the general vicinity. And if something big happens or something breaks, we can just have a discussion right away. Or you can say at one time and however many people that are there are going to hear it. Where now you got to be thinking, okay, who needs to hear it first? Let's get them on the line one way or another. Um, then who's next, then who's next, then who's next. And you can just pile on real fast. Um, and as we all know, this is a, you know, time is of the essence. So you need to, you need to be moving. Well, and I would imagine, Eric, for people who have not been in a newsroom, there's a, there's a tempo to it, right? It's almost like a jazz song, sure. which is obviously easier to do when all the musicians are in the same room as opposed to trying to write a song on Zoom, which feels like what you're trying to do and trying to explain. Right. Yeah, that's exactly it. it, it um, I think it is collaboration is a big part of it, um, even in two different ways. When, when something big is happening in the moment and you need to quickly get a bunch of people moving in the, you know, in the same direction, yes, there, but also just on bigger things, just to, to be able to one reporter to another to speak across the table to each other, um, just because someone is a business, you know, is on the business theater as a business reporter doesn't mean they have a great point of view for some government story that's going on. And it just doesn't happen as much when we're all sitting at home um, and, and to just be able to get different perspectives on stories and again, collaborate and, um, and develop things from there. So let's, let's just go back because I remember vividly, um, I was in a car coming to Grand Rapids because uh, <laughs> some leaders from our company from New York were coming in for town halls. Yep. And it was Thursday morning. Um, the town halls were going to be Thursday afternoon and Friday. Um, and we were in Lansing for a quick meeting in the morning on our way over because I, I live over by Ann Arbor. When we got news that the, the our executives from New York were getting off the plane. 
that's how fast everything was <laughs> unfolding with right. COVID. So not only were we covering the COVID unfolding in Michigan, yeah, minute to minute, and what you know, so much we didn't know in retrospect, but we are also having to reckon with what is it going to mean to try to, what is it going to look like tomorrow or Monday when we can't be in our offices? So, but we before we go down that road, for the sake of our listeners, just tell them what a normal day start us at the beginning in the Grand Rapids newsroom. What it sure. used to be on March eleventh, twenty twenty. When you you, uh, put coffee in your mug and left home that morning, what was a normal day like in the newsroom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of flashing back to that time. Um, Most people would arrive at some time in the morning or, um, you know, I believe it was about 9 9 a.m. We would have a um, kind of a news team huddle around the the whiteboard. Um, We, by that time, I'd have an idea about what everybody was working on and we'd put some items up on the board of kind of the main things for the day. Um, and then about nine o'clock or so we would, we would have a, I said, a old school kind of budget, budget te- uh, chat about those things. It would again, help coordinate photographers, reporters, uh, but also if someone else has some perspective or some additional information to, to pass along, that's where that would happen. Um, so we would do that. Um, that would, lead into a um, manager's chat across the state uh, that would, would we'd be held uh, where we would talk again about the same thing, about what, what's the big stuff of the day. And for the sake uh, of then, our listeners, we had nine offices across the state. We have eight newspapers. We have a statewide team in, in Lansing that covers politics and statewide sports team that covers pro and college sports. So every morning there's some of that cross-pollination yep. that goes beyond between the markets too. Yep. For sure. And then I guess then from there, we just kind of hit it running. Obviously, if something's happening before then, we would be taking care of it. But it felt like that was kind of a kickoff to the day once we got through um, the statewide chat and, you know, who's doing what? Let's let's get going. There's But usually by that time, there's some morning um, stories that would need to be edited uh, that have come in from um, overnight, usually, you know, kind of uh, police fire kind of kind of things. Um, and then we would, you know, handle handle events as they come. Um, several of our, our reporters and photographers would be getting out of the office. So that's one of the interesting things. That even though we're, we're looking forward to the day when we'll be back in the office, I, I also think we're going to, for a lot of the reporters and photographers, they're just looking forward to being able to just getting out in the community and talking to people. Uh, that's been one of the things that's been really hard um, during this whole thing is um, you just don't you just don't do that. I mean, it's becoming a little bit easier now, but back in the heat of it, I mean, people weren't going up to approach anybody. There wasn't a lot of people around, anyways. Um, but it certainly isn't something where you know you're going to get up and have this personal conversation with somebody that you you don't really know. Um, so we're we're looking forward to the day when that's going to happen. Um, we, right. And one thing to our add, especially in Grand Rapids, which is our corporate headquarters, is that and Eric Culcran is going to be walking through the newsroom and he's going to be talking about his project, what, what marketing is working on. The salespeople are coming and going. The bosses are coming and going. Right. The clients are coming in. And, and so the, the dynamism in the room First of all, it's exciting. It's 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 better than sitting in my house. I'll tell you, you're alone this morning. But but second of all is idea exchange, spontaneous things, the learnings, the 
Um, and, you know, it's pretty entertaining. Maybe Eric can, uh, Hawken can attest to this, to sit in a newsroom. Uh, the scanner's going off, big stories happening. So the editor's yelling at the photographer, hey, we, we need a photographer. And it's, it's really kind of a lively place to be. Um, but also it, it helps, it fosters collaboration. And there's, there's essence of, a, of something you can't capture when you're remote. And the way I put it is, uh, like when I'm cooking, and, you know, like say my, my kids here helping me cook and I'll say, what does the recipe say? Or hand me that, or here, give me that plate or take this to the, now try to do that remote, try to do that over the phone. You know, it, it's not going to be the same. And, and I'll tell you as a lifelong journalist is it's fairly dreaded, but it's, it's essential to a story is when the editor says, pull up a chair and they're going <laughs> through your, and they're going through your story. It, it's like, the doctor putting on a rubber glove, you know, and it's like your tension rises a little bit, but it's a necessary part of the exam to, to get it out. And so, you know, Eric, you know, those days, which we kind of took for granted, one of the things was yelling over the, the wall of the desk or please come over here or what do you think? And it seems like now you tell me that for 14 months now, how you replicate that uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, it is. It is tricky. Um, that was one of the harder parts as far as just talking through stories or editing stories or that, that kind of just being able to call somebody over or go into a conference room and, and actually kind of look over my shoulder as we go through this. And these are the things. Um, now we would obviously have to do that like this kind of a kind of a video call um, or just a regular phone call to uh, but it's just it is it's it's hard to it's hard to it, it it's not the same um, to be able to to watch someone edit or to, to kind of hit the high points uh, when you're not in the same room together. Uh, but that is how we 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 tried to work through it. Uh, we definitely pick our points though. Again, like I said, it just adds time on everything, which um, it, it just like I said it takes takes more time to do all this stuff um, remotely. So we kind of pick our battles more. You know, the the really big stories. Um, otherwise we're talking about, you know, still doing the good edit on it, but more relying on, Hey, can you take a look at what I've done with your story or, um, so that we can, um, do, you know, do better next time. What do you think has maybe been lost or has been compromised in this period of remote work? And I got to take my hat off to MLive employees. I'm sure everybody listening to this who works in a business somewhere is, has had to reroute and figure out ways to get things done. And they're, they're pretty proud of, of how they've been able to get through. But I, I'm very proud of the fact that the, our work, the quality of our work, I mean, we just won over hundred awards and two contests and, and we do what we have to do. But what, what do you sense maybe that has been lost in not just qualitatively, but then the human aspect of it too? Right, I, I guess like from the, like the journalism part of it, um, I, I think the, the in-person, the lack of in-person nature for being able to go out in the community and talk to people that way, uh, definitely for source building and just uh, more source, diversity of sources, just, it's just much more difficult uh, in this kind of remote setting. Then I would also say along those same lines, um, you know, like for government coverage, government meetings are all done over Zoom now or YouTube or so, you know, some kind of aspect like that. And on one hand, you look at it and you go, hey, that, that's great because it just opens it. It makes it more accessible, we think, to people. The, the people that wouldn't normally go to a meeting might be able to tune in, so you get that. But on our end of it, it's 
when it's not in person like that, you, you, you don't have, you can't go talk to somebody that just made a comment during the thing. Heck, half the time they don't even make them say their name. So we got just no name people making comments during meetings. Um, and also that also goes for the officials themselves, the public official. We used to be, you know, the meetings in person, something happens, you just wait to the end of the meeting, you go up to them and you say, hey, I got this follow-up for you, or, you know, you have this critical question you want to get an answer to. They're just, they're just hanging up off the call and you can call them and if they don't answer, you're kind of a little bit out of luck there. So that's, that's definitely that part of it. I think the other hard thing as a manager um, and being in this remote setting is, I realize now that it's so much easier to know how people are doing, I guess, mentally, when we're in the office. Um, as much as I just, you know, have calls with, with reporters or photographers, just check-ins and, and what we're working on and can tell, you can, you can put on a happy face for, for a 20-minute call. Uh, but if I can see you all day long, I, I can get a better feel, I think. So, uh, you know, as we all know, it, mental health, this has been a strain on everyone in, in our business. We, our people out in the field get, get a lot thrown at them. Um, so I, that's one thing I really have, have found out that it's, it's just, I, you know, I, I don't, I dislike that we can't be around together just to, just to see how everybody's doing. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, there's, a, as I said at the outset of this podcast, there's a practical part of operations, getting it done of, the Zoom meetings and organizing, there's protests this weekend and who's the backup and you got to do it remotely. But this, the human side, the emotional side, um, and you know, work as a family, especially if you've been there a long time, um, it, it has its own dynamics. And first, as you say, physically, body language, presence, mm -hmm. you know, somebody's in a meeting and you can see that they're not, they're not all there. You take them aside, you, you know, it's, you get that kind of support for one another. Maybe it's somebody takes you out to lunch and, you know, Zooms, I don't blame anybody for the fifth Zoom of the day, turning their camera off and, you know, <laughs> right. going and go, you know, going and folding some laundry or something while they listen to a meeting. It's just the demands that are being placed on humans emotionally and we're social creatures anyways. I think, you know, they're going to, psychologists are going to be unraveling this for a long time, mm -hmm. but I'm glad you touched on that part of management because it it's more than just this managing the journalism skills uh it's managing the human skills what are some of the feedback that you've heard from staff members about where they're challenged by this what their needs are you know and can it can we ever get all the way back to where we were uh the, the um I mean, some, some people, I guess, probably like in all walks, like, like the ability to be able to work remotely or work from home and not have to be in an office all the time. Um, but you can, for some, for some reporters who, um, who are living by themselves, and they're, you know, right now, that it's been, that's been tough. I, I, I mean, that you mentioned the social aspect, you just don't have that right now, and and you can't ha you can't get that as much as you know even with their family or friends just to do a Zoom call. Um, that helps a little bit, but it's still not the same. And and I, I it's it's interesting because I I see it from both ends. There, then you have those with little kids 
uh, like myself at the start of this thing, when, you know, all the daycares were shut down on schools, um, that, that was challenging um, to say the least. And, you know, trying to do a call where somebody's just, you know, wants their dad, um, that that's tough. And then you go dad, to the other dad, extreme where you're dad, kind of, you dad, stay, dad, right? dad. exactly that, that, yeah. exactly. And we were, uh, my wife and I were mapping out early on going, oh, this is not sustainable. You know, both of us working from home and a little, little one running around, but, um, but that change, you know, daycares to open back up, everything, you know, that didn't last horribly long, but for those that live on their own, you know, that has extended a long time. And um, yeah, it, that, that's, uh, I've had feedback of that. That's hard. And I can, I can see well, that. Interesting. Our company has done a number of surveys and their, their company's doing the best it can to stay in touch or accommodate needs of our employees and things of that nature. This is unprecedented. We haven't been through this before. Yeah. In the surveys have consistently been 75, 80% of people saying I'm making do, I'm figuring it out, working from home is working out okay for me. But what's the alternative? I mean, if every, if 100% of people says not working, we still can't go back to the offices. <laughs> right. I think what I'm getting at is I think people are looking at their circumstances and saying, what alternative do I got to, you know, they're figuring it out of how to make do day to day. And then, you know, a year ago, we were like, can I even bring groceries in the house? All of us have had to learn as we go and figure this out. Um, but something is lost. And it goes back to the whole that theme of this conversation when you're not in an ensemble dynamic, dynamic, when you're not in a group dynamic. Um, and I'll tell you what, in my career, um, the shuttle explosion, uh, Oklahoma City, the Twin Towers, the O.J. Simpson verdict, you name it. I was in a newsroom and mm -hmm. all of those things are relatively traumatic or right, shocking or whatever, but you're mm -hmm. surrounded, A, we had a job to do, but B, you're surrounded by people and you know you're not alone in these feelings that you're having. Our employees, just in the past year alone, we've had to cover COVID while we worry about our families getting COVID, we've had to cover Black Lives Matter protests and social justice and equity. We had to cover all of the mayhem around the shutdown orders and the militia groups and people, you know, it's taken over not only our state capital, but, the, you know, the na nation's capital, um, all this unrest and the election, everything, the fallout from, is it, you know, was it the election stolenist? These things, each one of them alone would have been fairly it's one of those traumatic news events that right. really you go home and you're shaken by what you're doing so we've done all this in a vacuum and you know what toll or you know what feedback have you gotten from people or even yourself have felt going through this era yeah it's, it's interesting you bring it up that way and it, i i i've said on uh to multiple reporters on different occasions or earlier this year that Wow, you know, I think um, every other week we've had something that would be the biggest story of the year, it felt like. Um, it, you know, and we just, like you said, but, but we're covering it. So it's not really time to give it too much thought. You know, we need, we, we've got a job to do. So um, it, it has been, <laughs> I also had joked that after this is all done, um, is it going to be boring? You know, you know, one thing I like about this job is that it's, 
exciting all the time and every day is different and you don't really know what to expect. And that's, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just don't have the, have the attention span, I guess, sometimes to be able to just do mundane, same old, same old every day. <laughs> but when this is over, what's, what's that? Is it, you know, do we go back to something? It's like, oh, well, that wasn't like during, the, during this, um, this event, but the, yeah, it's like when Evil Knievel would, you know, survive some, you know, <laughs> jump over a canyon with soft broken bones and they'd say, are you, you know, going to retire? And you go, no, I'm going to do it tomorrow. It's like, it's what we're, we're kind of thrill seekers a little bit. And you're right, the whole, boy, if two or three days go by and it's nor what, what average people would call normal. We're kind of either, we're, we're, what's about to happen or we get a little, yeah, we get a little. Bit right, so, right. We're going junkies. Yep, no, for sure. Um the the um I, I guess as a like an example of the not being able to to tell how people are doing when they're not in in the office or in the room um you know we we've had people out in the field and we've had situations go on where where either they've felt attacked or they were attacked and it, obviously it's a horrible situation and, and you're you're, you're and you're you're worried about the safety of your people. Um, one time, it wasn't it wasn't a physical attack or anything. It was more of a verbal um, um, intimidation conversation. That's so yeah, right. Confrontation, and it happened like on a Friday, and I didn't hear about it till Monday. And I just it was I just could not comprehend so why might you say anything you know uh you know because there is part of it as journalists you know we're, we're supposed to go into the situation where it might not be pleasant for for any number of reasons and that's just part of the job okay i agree with that somewhat but man i, I don't know that that kind of that, that caught me off guard a little bit that, well you're you right know, that, that, that just in the past or normal what we call a normal day someone comes back from a tough assignment Right. Or yes. and you see it. I mean, they're covered <laughs> in mud. Uh, they're, they're fairly traumatized, you know, or whatever. Or they come in as like, you, you won't guess what just happened. And we were missing some of that, uh, that texture of what it's like to be in a newsroom, which, by the way, I think is the best workplace ever. But <laughs> not, I'm, I'm, that's how I'm wired, you know. It's not an insurance office, I'll tell you that. But something's lost. And I think, too, over time. Um, repetition kind of breeds something, but we've been repeating this Groundhog's Day now for, I'm sorry, Eric, 14 months, three days, in, or I, how many days? 14 months, nine days, three hours, and now 27 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, I, so with that as a setup, I want to ask you, Eric Cochran, what do you think the return to normal looks like? Because this can't be what it was. No. I, yeah. I mean, I've been saying it's a return to what's next, right? Cause we don't, time doesn't really go backwards not to get all meta, but it doesn't go backwards. It goes forward. So it's whatever's next. And I think to Eric's point, um, you know, what he talks about is boring. I think there's going to be this sort of awkward return because we haven't been around people for 14 months. And so the social norms have changed. We now talk through mediated screens and I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to be weird. Like, I think it's going to be really weird for the foreseeable future till everyone gets their sea legs back of how an office operates or how a newsroom operates because of 
the you know it's like working out it's the lack of doing that that work day in and day out and showing up at a specific time and having pants on I mean I know that stuff sounds silly but like <laughs> that stuff we all take for granted for the last year and the I think the thing that I'm most excited about though is the the return of that what you guys were talking about of camaraderie and I've been calling this social capital when we are in the area together and Eric and I can collaborate on things that don't have anything to do with each other's actual jobs. It makes us better because he gives input on something that he sees me doing, or I say, Hey, did you hear about blank? And now, you know, that, that radius of understanding and that radius of information expands that it can't on zoom because I'm not just going to randomly, this is literally the first time I've talked to Eric in 14 months. So it's, it's not, you know what I mean? It's not like I reach out to Eric, and say hey where when we were in the office it was six times a day right it's going to be that awkward moment when i say what was his name what, who is that guy <laughs> right that? that's er- that's well, eric hulkerin you've been doing podcasts with him for a <laughs> year man <laughs> well and then to take this and you know i could have never fathomed this in my career we probably have and i'll count interns but there's probably like eight ten people in m live around the state well, I've never met, shook their hand, said hello. You've been here a year. You know, I, I've never been in a room with them. Um, they've never heard my, you know, wit and charm in person, all that stuff. <laughs> and it, it, seriously, it's, been, it's just unfathomable to me that you have employees and we're pretty close knit company. We travel around the state a lot. We would go in and have hub visits and lunches and social events. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not a pity party in here because every, you know, like I said, all, a lot of industries have been through the same thing, but we, yeah. So that idea of, I think you raised a good point, Eric Culkin about it, it can't be, it won't ever be what it was. It's, it's like that movie where, you know, the alien abducted, they bring you back and you go to space and you're never the same. It's not the same person. And um, you know, they never did a sequel to Castaway, but I, I'm guessing within a week she kicked him out of the house <laughs> and because he just didn't fit in very well. Anymore, right. You know? Um, how about you, Eric? What, what do you anticipate? I mean, the clock's going to tick in because with the governor's announcement, now there's a two-week period. Of course, our company leadership has to, because the offices have been closed and cleaning, right. maintenance, security, all the things that have to be done. It won't be tomorrow. But uh, we'll be back at some point. But what do you see that we've learned has changed or could change about the way we operate, um, you know, just functionally, and also how we relate to one another in an office setting in the future? Well, I, I, to, to Eric's point, the interactions with people who aren't part of the newest team too that are in the office or come into the office, I, there's, there's benefit to that for our journalism. I mean, everybody on the news team, I mean, they're a journalist, they're a news junkie. They, we're, we're into it. We're way deep in. Um, other people aren't. And, you know, just to get that kind of perspective that, hey, they might be interested in this or they have this question about that 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 helps i mean that that's if, if they do then the whole community probably does and we should be digging into that or we should be asking that question or we should be answering that uh for them so that's that's one thing um for sure that will help um like i mentioned earlier the knowledge just being in the office but just being in the community and being out in the community i think is going to be a, a a big thing and uh i i just just this past week or just last week uh, a reporter who was working on a pretty big story um, was about vaccine uh, rates in parts of Kent County, broken down by zip codes. So it was data driven, 
Um, but he was able to, there was, there's volunteers going around kind of canvassing neighborhoods where the rates are low. And he and a, and a photographer were able to, to follow along and, and, and kind of get that part of it. And it certainly helped his story a ton, <laughs> you know, it's, instead of not just a bunch of data, it's, you know, putting human face on the story and it just made the story a hundred times better. And he, he mentioned it right away. It just felt good to be out talking to people and seeing them in their environment that you're writing about. It just, it's, it's been too long. Um, so that was, that was. What do you think we've learned about getting our needs met? I mean, about the, the like I said, the soft sides of these and you know, do, what, what comes back into the office with us from this experience? Uh, I think the, the social aspect and, and team, I, I think we were already close, but I just think we'll be closer uh, when we're back together, uh, just because everybody's feeling it. Um, uh, so you know how it goes, you take something away, you don't, you don't realize what you have until it's gone. Um, so we've had it gone for that long. And, um, and so there, you know, there, there's some pretty tight friendships there in the team. And um, I know they've been communicating with each other kind of outside of work, but just, you know, day to day, um, it will do wonders, uh, I think, for their, um, their mental health and just everything else that's, that's associated with that. Mm -hmm. So um, one thing I would say that, that I think one thing that we learned as a, as a statewide news organization during this, is it, we've been working that way anyways, uh, or towards it, but this pandemic added or sped it up was I think with the technology, we are much more connected across the state as far as with our other hubs and, and, and as far as a management leadership team, we're just much more uh, regularly in contact. And I don't see that obviously going away. And, and again, the pandemic caused that, caused that because we had all this video use that, was for, that we were using anyway, so it made it easy. But the pandemic, to your point before, it was like a once in a lifetime kind of news story and it's statewide in, in scope. I mean, it's international in scope, but for us it's statewide in scope. So you could not just operate on your little island there in Grand Rapids and no, you know, because for sure there was, they were dealing with something similar in Ann Arbor or they were dealing with it in Flint. Uh, so we needed to all be in constant communication so that we could tell the bigger story um, for our readers. So I don't, you know, that, I think that's been one benefit that's helped our journalism during this yeah. time. A once in a century pandemic is the mother of, of invention. Um, we, we learned a lot of things <laughs> we can unlearn about efficient operations and communication collaboration, using technology. But I, I think it's a great psychological experiment to see what it does to the human, you know, human interactions and, and human condition and how we relate to one another. I mean, I haven't lost respect or affection for my coworkers. It's just, I, I haven't seen them. <laughs> and when they see me in sweatshorts, man, they're in, <laughs> in my white tasty legs. They're going to be a little shocked. And I just will say, this is the longest I've gone in my adult life without hearing a police scanner. You know, it's just such a constant in the backdrop of my life, you know, and, and it's that, that feeling like the news is happening around you. You're in the middle of it. That, 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 that group dynamic is missing and, and I miss it. Uh, it's going to be an interesting to see. Uh, I, hopefully, you know, everything hopefully has been said a lot in the last 14 months, but hopefully by this summer, we'll see some return to, uh, to normal, uh, get back into our offices to a degree. Um, like you say, get a little closer to our communities as well. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that. You, you'd mentioned 
about earlier about not uh, going this long without the scanner. I, we've had we've had some some fine journalists complete internships that had never been in the newsroom. I, they, right. I, you know, they, they, it's just I, I cannot. I don't. I, I have told them afterwards. It goes. I just don't feel you got the full experience. You didn't hear the scanner going off. You didn't. Again, you, you can tell them. You know, we can fill you in and we can learn things and answer their questions and stuff. But it's not the same till you're sitting there and watch. You know, a 25 year veteran jump out of their seat, grab their backpack and laptop to run out to you know to a, do a five alarm fire or a double fatal or. You, you know, the, the speed to which we move, uh, again, no matter your age, um, it's, it's just something you got to see. You can't, right. you can't replicate it any other way. And like someone giving you a great two-week vacation to Patagonia through, you know, virtual reality goggles. <laughs> when you right. take them off, exactly. you're still sitting in your living room, you know? Exactly. <laughs> it's like, it, it's not quite the same, but. No. Eric, I appreciate you joining us today on Behind the Headlines. Uh, it's been a very interesting chat. And I, it goes without saying to both Eric's, I can't wait to see you again. And uh, it'll be the most awkward hugs you're ever gonna get, but uh, they're, they're coming your way. Awesome, yeah, thanks for having me. There they go, big thanks to Eric and John as always for getting us through another episode of Behind the Headlines. As always, if you like what John and I are doing, like, share, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And until next week, he is John Heiner, I am Eric Hulkerin, and this is Behind the Headlines.